Welcome to the Humanise the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. I think for us, content is key um, and free content. So giving away free content um, is, is, is paramount to what we do and takes it's a huge chunk of uh, the team's day-to-day I would say is driving content building content creating it and then sharing it and sharing it everywhere um we've had somebody refer to us as prolific on LinkedIn without content um it's yeah every piece of content that we build is shared reshared repurposed we find you know multiple ways of using it um and and everybody has to make time for marketing because uh, everyone's too busy we're all too busy we just are like it's and increasingly so and particularly over sort of the last 12 24 months everybody's at the end of their tether resource is tight you know it's a battle for talent the whole time um so everybody's pushed uh, and marketing's the easiest thing to to not do um so it's about finding that time schedule that time you have to have it in whether it's daily weekly block a morning block a couple of hours and uh, you know and if it's if it's just your own personal marketing if it's about connecting with your everybody needs a target list everybody's a list of people they want to be working with um and you need to make time every week to connect with that target list how do you successfully market your accountancy firm is the subject of this podcast with zoe paradine of uhy Zoe's been with the firm for 20 years, from marketing assistant all the way up to head of marketing, and shares some stunning insights about the hard work needed to make marketing successful in your firm. Hi, I'm Zoe Paradine. I am, um, I've been working at UHY for more than 20 years now, um, unbelievably. Uh, I've managed to keep me, keep me happy, um, so I've been there, yeah, a long, long time. Um, I started my journey with UHY as a marketing assistant, fresh out of uni. Wow. Um, and I am now the partner in charge of marketing and business development for the UHY UK group, uh, national group. Um, and as I've been there so long, they've thrown other things at me. So I'm also the national executive director for the UK group. So not only do I look after the marketing and BD, but I look after our national network all of the member firms, making sure everybody's happy, that they're all committed to strategy and that we're all achieving great things. Um, Brilliant. In my, Brilliant. In my spare time, I'm uh, a runner. I like oh, running. Wow. For, to, to, it keeps me sane. Um, I'm also married with two lovely kids. Lovely husband too, obviously. Um, <laughs> two lovely kids. Good. <laughs> um, pets, got a couple of bunnies who keep us happy um got a nice big garden they have free run of the garden so uh, uh i enjoy watching them while i'm working from home brilliant brilliant so zoe a um a, a one one firm marketing person that's that's a rarity isn't it that's uh, that's amazing there's no question though i was just like wow how are you going to see find someone in marketing who's actually stayed for 20 years in one place that's I know, um I know. that's a rarity it's very so, unusual uh, all credit Partic- to you and the now firm. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Mm. So to kick off with, uh, Zoe, given that you've spent a long time in one firm, got national mm-hmm. involvement as well as the um, you know the, the single firm involvement, mm-hmm. what does the phrase humanise the numbers actually mean for you as a marketer in a substantial accountancy firm? 
That's an interesting question. Uh, yeah. What does it mean? Um, well, it's, yeah, as, as you know from, from working with them, accountants are all, all about the numbers. Sure. Um, and I, I guess it's sort of moving them away from that to uh, think about the softer side of things. Yeah. Um, the, soft, the, the relationships, because ultimately, you know, what, why do people pay accountants? What, what do they want? They want people they like. They want people they can work with. They want good relationships, someone they can trust. Um, and it's about getting accountants to see that, that it's not just about getting the fee quote right. It's about all the other bits that lead up to the to, to getting the fee quote across the across the table. Yeah. It's about how you forge the relationships and how you start relationships. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess moving away from the numbers and, and towards the relationship side of things. OK, so, so how, how would you uh, if the numbers and the human stuff was a set of scales? Um, my argument would be that with accountants, the, the scales are tipped towards the, the, the numbers, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. numbers bit rather than the relationship and trust bit. Mm-hmm. Albeit mm-hmm. the numbers is part of the trust equation, I get that. Um, what, how does that stack up in, for, for you when you look at the, you know, the, the, the people across the firm and the way uh, UHY are working? Is, is it still a case of the numbers dominate and actually we, we still need to arrest the balance? How, how does that work? Uh, no, I, I would say it was more balanced. It has become more balanced over the years. It's, it certainly was typically about the numbers initially. But I think, I think uh, the partners at UHY very much understand that if the relationship's right, the numbers become less relevant and, and actually people will pay whatever it takes to get the right level of service. Right. To get, you know, if they've got a, a relationship with their accountant that they really, really value, that we, you know we are, I hate to use the uh, cliche but trusted advisors you know the person they come to yeah, for, yeah. for everything the numbers yeah. pale into insignificance really okay um and i, I you know that's been um, you know i've worked with accounts for 20 years that's been my positioning from the get-go as a as a buyer of accountancy services it's um mm. it's that it is that sense of um reassurance and confidence that the numbers are right for sure but the reassurance mm-hmm. and confidence that the business is on the right path and it's like well mm-hmm. who do we turn to as a business owner uh, or a leader of a business. Well, I think the um, the, the, the accountancy profession plays a significant um, significant role in that. So if we if we turn um, the the question uh, uh, slightly away, what about when we're looking internally? Because I always think marketing's got you know almost two focuses: there's the external marketing of the firm, lead generation for the firm f- to find new prospects, and then there's the internal marketing around you know whatever it is that means. I'm I'm curious as to how you view that blend and balance of marketing between internal and external what 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 do you mean by internal marketing that, that there's a message to get to um the people within the firm we're not we're not we're not talking to clients and prospects we're talking to our team and you know you've got multiple offices you know many 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 many, many team members um mm-hmm. there's an internal marketing piece there is is how do you see that blend and balance of the responsibility of marketing across those two channels if you will inside to our team external to our customers and clients uh, customers clients and prospects sorry um i mean there's an element of external marketing that the marketing team can do without having the buying of everybody else yes but it's nowhere near as effective without that internal marketing piece 100 percent. you know you you want people on board you want everybody singing from the same song sheet not not everybody actually um i I remember starting my journey in marketing thinking that i had to get everybody on board with 
uh, all of our ideas, all of our campaigns, um, and it's it's never going to work. You're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have the people who don't believe, who who don't get it, don't want to buy in. Um, and I learned fairly quickly to just lead with the people that do get it, the people that do buy in, um, using them to sort of champion the cause and uh, create some success. And as soon as you get that internal success, it starts to breed and everybody wants a piece of the action and it sort of, it trickles out. Um, right. and there, will, there will always be a few who just won't come on board, but you work with the ones that do and, and achieve what you can with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, why push through a, a a locked door when you can push through a unlocked open door uh, to exactly. garner support. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so let, let let's turn our attention to um, how do you define success in marketing for you and your team, Zoe? Wow, big questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Again, I think there's an internal and an external piece here, okay. and I think internal success. Um, and I think I think we're a good way down the line with that. Actually, not wanting to um, blow my own trumpet or anything, but I think having, you're allowed. I think you're allowed uh, to blow your own trumpet. You're <laughs> in marketing for crying out loud. <laughs> but but having having people on board, having uh, internal appreciation, you know that. Uh, Marketing and business development is firmly on the agenda at UHY. It's on yeah. the agenda at all um, senior meetings, all national meetings, board meetings. Um, everybody gets it. Everybody buys in. Everybody appreciates the, the, the national marketing team we get. It's not, we're not an overhead. We're not, I mean, you, you hear people refer to teams as fee earners and non-fee earners. That is not the case at UHY. Everybody right, totally gets that we contribute to uh, top line hugely. Um, right. You know, directly and indirectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, that's success. The fact, the fact that marketing business development's on the agenda, that everybody, not everybody, but that, you know, senior leadership teams buy in, um, that they're grateful that they see see us as a, a really significant part of the business and not just an, an add-on and a support. Well, we are a support team, but but more integral to the business than just that. Right, right. Uh, it, that, that that's an interesting uh, shift. You know, there'll be. I've experienced quite a number of conversations over the years with various accountants, accountancy leaders in accounting firms, um, who would see marketing as a cost as opposed mm. to an investment and you've just made that statement. No, it's clearly seen as a, uh, a an investment and B, like your language, that an integral part of what we do here in the firm yeah. as opposed to it being a, an, an alien species of uh, marketers versus accountants. That's clearly not the case. <laughs> uh, yeah. Forgive the alien species reference, uh, Zoe. Forgive <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> so the, so cool I'm bus. just trying to unpack this up. The definition of, of success is not about everyone's buy-in is just one or two, so that actually you get a result. What what yep. sort of results are you actually hunting for, seeking, that determine whether you've been successful in a month or a quarter or a year across the firm or across the group, for that matter? I think a change in behaviour of the of you know the people interacting with the clients that they're doing things differently as a result of what we're trying to achieve um, right. means, you know, that what, what we're saying is understood and believed and obviously working. 
Um, so if it, you know, it changes the way people are interacting with clients and prospective clients, then um, yeah, I think I think that's success. Okay, okay. So uh, let, let's dive deeper into that. So, so what do you mean by understood and believed? And maybe if there's a, a story or an example or a cameo or something you can latch on to, to so that I, I can better understand what do you mean that um, we want to achieve a change of behaviour because there's depth of understanding and, and, and there's real belief there. Is, is there something mm-hmm. you can share with us that might signpost what you mean? Yeah, I... Yeah, I guess I'm thinking about our um, contribution to uh, pitching for new business. Um, so historically, sort of, you know, years ago, uh, the a partner would speak to a prospective client, come to marketing and say, I need a quote. This is what, this is the information I've got. Can you, can you pull a document together for us? Okay. Um, over the years, we've tried to drive that, change that behaviour so that either we're involved in the initial conversation with the prospective client right. or that the partner is asking the right questions to get the information that we need to pull a comprehensive proposal document together. Right. Um, and we sort of arm them with questions, explain why it's necessary. Um, or, we've, or we've sat in on calls and partners can see the, the, you know, the, the contribution that we make to the conversation because... Nine times out of ten, prior to our involvement, the partner asks, what services do you want? Um, what fee do you want to pay? <laughs> and pretty much, that's how do you want the audit to run? It's all about the audit process and, sure. and how it runs. It's not about, so what, what's the problem with your existing advisor? You know, where, where are the issues? What's happened? What, why are you thinking about moving? What's the trigger for change? What do you want from your new advisor? How, what, what can we do differently that's going to add value for you? How can we make your life better? Those kinds of questions you know moving away from how do you want the audit to run because the functional questions yeah 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 yeah, yeah, um yeah and we've we've i think we've managed to change that behavior also sort of you know you get a cold lead through the door picking up the phone straight away and and starting that conversation starting to forge the relationship rather than just using the information that's been given to you and submitting a document let's take this further you know let's start a relationship let's understand more um, than has been given to us because there are a lot of firms that won't do that. Yeah. They'll just submit a document based on the, the RFP that's come through the door rather than trying to sort of extend the relationship and, and get, glean more information. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, whole, the whole process for us in, around pitching has massively changed over time. You know, partners are picking up the phone within 24 hours. I mean, email sometimes, but we know the preferences for a phone call and we will always try and get that phone call or a meeting where possible. Yeah. Um, and it's had, it's had significant impact. You know, prospective clients will say, oh, you, you're the only firm that bothered to speak to me. Um, you know, so already you're one step ahead of everybody else by doing those things. And yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's affecting those behaviours, uh, trying to get that change and, and seeing the success off the back of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so it's, that's the real driver for change when the partner sees how that, you, that it did make a difference, you know, yeah. and, and actually the proposal we've submitted is 50 times better than it would have been had they not done those things. Because you've got a depth of understanding and appreciation mm. of the challenges, issues, things that really matter as opposed to just the service focus. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, do you want payroll bookkeeping accounts and audit it's you know there's um yeah uh, so i find it interesting so your emphasis earlier in this conversation about um uh, trust uh, that seems to um show up very clearly there zoe in that actually the trust equation starts in the first interaction 
you yeah. know that old adage you never get a second chance to make a first impression and yeah. is the impression about how good an accountant you are or is the impression about how good you are at building the relationship and I think what you're saying there is it's a, it's very much about you know establish the relationship establish the trust before we get anywhere near the accountancy piece yeah yeah albeit I mean I, I think there's an assumption you know UHY is a top 20 um, national firm of chartered accountants. There's an assumption we know how to do an audit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think we need to go in and explain that we we can do a good audit. It's it's a given. It's taken for granted. So it's it's everything around that. You know what 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 do we add to that um, audit that's that's going to be of value to the to the prospect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. So we're we've kicked this off as a conversation about marketing, but actually. Gone really, that this conversation <laughs> is about yeah. lead conversion, isn't it? We've, yeah. we've created yeah. the opportunity. We're in the room with someone, but actually, mm-hmm. what I always think is, what's the point of investing loads of time, effort, money, energy in generating leads if actually that first singular interaction with a prospective client isn't top draw relationship yeah. building? Because, uh, and I think sometimes you, I'd, I'd like your opinion on this, but I think often what gets lost is the fact that the prospective client you're going to see has got a long-standing relationship with their existing accountant, even though it might be going awry or isn't working quite as they would like for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it's still a long-standing connection that's run probably for years. And therefore, the first hurdle is to build the relationship rather than actually um, sell the services. Yeah. Um, 100%. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, so if we if we turn away from the, the lead conversion relationship build build trust piece to the lead generation um, piece, mm-hmm. what, what do you see as being the keys for UHY for accountancy firms general in, in in terms of successful lead generation of high quality prospects that you really want to work with, as opposed to low quality prospects that you really don't want to work with? What are the keys? Um, what, what, what do you think are the keys based on your twenty years experience? This is proper putting me, you on the spot, isn't it? This is. Yeah. <laughs> Massively. <laughs> um, I guess uh, the easiest way to probably break it down is to consider it from a partner perspective rather than a whole firm, but from a, an individual partner perspective. I think the important thing is to determine what it is you want to be famous for. What do you want to be known for? What are your strengths? Who do you want to work with? That's that, I think that's key. You know, it's it's about your own. I'm going to move into the into our purpose here, but it's about your own personal prosperity. You know, what makes you happy? What 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 gets you out of bed in the mornings? Um, and yeah, re- really working that out first. So, you know, you're you're working with a few academy schools. You enjoying working with academy schools? Is that something that you that really you know floats your boat? Yeah, juices that gets you yeah, going. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah, and and if so, how do we how do we extend that? How do we get more of that? Um, if it's something you're, you're passionate about, something somewhere where you think you can add value and you've got perhaps a bit of standout because there's something that you can do differently that others can't. Um, I think that's, that's, for me, the route you need to go down personally is work out where you want to be, what you want to be famous for, where you think you have strength, where you can add value um, and, and build everything around that. Mm. That there will always be, everyone will always have a broad portfolio of clients. You know, you'll always have um, your, your standard SME businesses um, that you're working with and your private clients and whatever. But um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't hurt to build this focus. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, let's just pick up on one or two things there. So, what do you want to be famous for? It's sort of. Mm. <laughs> 
the reason I'm struggling with it is just because I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to you, just to the profession, because accountants really want to be famous for something. Is that... I get the strengthen your strengths piece. I get that. You know, what is it um, and and what juices you? But it's quite a provocative statement is, is you, you know, talking to an accountant, a partner or a client manager, anyone who's in that space about growing a portfolio is, well, what do you want to be famous for? I think it might scare the living daylights out of some, uh, some accountants. <laughs> oh, good. It's not, it's, not, it's not bad to be scared and be challenged, is it? Um, I, I would agree with that. In fact, I was just listening to a piece this morning um, uh, by a lady I've just approached, to, uh, Rachel, to get on the po- podcast, fingers crossed she will, who's the, um, she's a trust fellow at um, um, the uh, say, uh, say, um, business school at Cambridge, um, saying that doubt, challenge, is, has got a bad press. When actually, what it is is, it's actually pulls you forward. And I was like, oh, I've yeah. never, I've never, I've never framed it yeah. that way before. That was, which yeah. is why I went right. I've got to get this lady on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so I, she's agreeing with you. I agree with you as well. Is it's um, being uncomfortable outside of your uh, comfort zone? Challenge the status quo. We would use the phrase challenge the status yeah. quo. Is a good thing because if you continue to do what you've always done you're always going to get what you've always get or less probably yeah, in a changing yeah. world um so yeah. so I, I get that but I, I find it interesting that you'd be poking and provoking uh, partners around uh, come on then what what do you really really want to do what are you really good at what, what do you want to be famous for is an, an interesting question Zoe but um, it, it doesn't have to it also doesn't have to be I want to be famous for working with academies it can be I want to be and, and back to our purpose again I want to be famous for helping my clients prosper I want right. people to know that's what I do well yeah and it's and it's and it's just yeah clarifying that and then shouting about it and making sure that it comes across in everything you do everything you say everything every piece of content you put out there that it's that it's it's um supported and and said again and again and again yeah 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 so it's reassuring for me that hearing you without prompting Go, well, we've got, to, we've got to anchor this to, we've got to reference the core purpose of the business. How important mm-hmm. is, is it to marketing to have got clarification, to use your word, um, around the core purpose of the business so that you can shout about it? You know, there's, run us through your thinking behind that. It's been life-changing for us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just made everything so much easier to, to nail everything to our purpose of helping you prosper. Uh, I mean, who who doesn't want to achieve prosperity? Who who hasn't got their own definition of what prosperity means to them? Mm. Um, and who doesn't want somebody to come along and help them to achieve that? It's it's you know it's made our marketing piece it, it it's made the marketing piece easier, but also because everybody buys into it, everybody believes it. It's not just us shouting. It's you know it's supported when partners are going out and having meetings with prospective clients or existing clients. It's you know, it's coming out in those conversations. It's it's one thing for us to put a proposal out that talks about helping, or some content out that talks about helping you prosper. Then somebody meets a partner and it doesn't come up once in conversation. It's mm. you know, it's we failed basically. Mm. It has to be throughout the business. It can't just be us shouting. It's got to be everybody having the same message and and t- having the same conversations. So there's an internal marketing job, isn't there, in terms of yeah. building the belief confidence certainty yes. that we're on message so that that's a, yeah. a big internal marketing piece on its own um, it is and we're, we're, we're still at the start of that journey if I'm if I'm honest you know we are we're all talking about it we are having conversations and we've unpacked what the purpose means and um 
that is happening but it for it to be fully embedded and everybody talk about it all the time you know that's a that's a longer process and we're Mm. we're we're still on that journey Mm. what what, what's been the impact on uh and i'm just curious about the marketing team really you know the 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 people in your group uh once you've anchored and got clarity and and start building your messaging around uh, core purpose what what's the how's it shifted the uh approach or tone of the way you're working as a marketing team I think everything just feels more cohesive now. It, it, every everybody understands what we're driving towards and and how the little bits. Because, you know, when you're when you're marketing, you, you've got different internal teams, you've got different specialists, you've got different um, sector specialists, and everybody's sort of doing their own thing to, to some extent. But this is like the glue that that makes that brings everything together. Mm. Um, yeah, it just it just all starts to make more sense once you've defined purpose. It really does. Yeah, there's a simplification, isn't there, and a, 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 almost an obviousness. It's like, duh, what? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You, you wake up and you're like, well, why didn't we do this sooner? Where? Yeah, yeah. Thanks to, thanks to you guys. No, I think it's a leadership issue, Zoe. I think as, as a, lead, a lead, leadership team, they, 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 there's, it's interesting. I was, I was in a meeting yesterday and we, I was talking to this firm about building out their core purpose. And uh, I had a vociferous owner uh, telling us that this was all um, complete BS, marketing tagline. You know, it's just, you know, no no one believes in it. No one believes in it. And my response was, well, no, they won't until you believe in it internally. No one externally is going to believe in it. So I'm I'm picking up on your word using the the, the word belief. And um, uh, what was just glorious was the uh, marketing person in the firm um just went for him <laughs> and, we're known and, to do that oh uh, yeah and uh, well in a you know a respectful way um because she's speaking to one of the own one of the owners um yeah, yeah. and just went look this is and and just just ran through a whole series of no 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 you need to understand and then the managing partner stepped in and went that she was brilliant and the managing partner stepped in and went I think you believe in our core purpose anyway. I understand that you see it in other businesses where it doesn't really mean something, but you do believe in what we stand for. Uh, like you clearly believe in helping you prosper. Um, and uh, he sort of came round a little bit because he's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, give us an example where you have. And then they run. Th- I won't share their core purpose because it might signpost to the firm yeah. and that would be um, yeah, yeah. Um, unfair of me um, but it was a, um, a really powerful example of uh, your early comment about go with the people who are up for it first and build momentum and credibility and belief and and what will happen is others in, in time will follow I think there is a tendency in accountancy firms for um, certainly at partner level as well we've got to get everyone's complete buy-in before we do anything as opposed to no you don't no, no. Let's yeah. get a cohort, a quorum of people who are up for it and uh, and, and run with it. And it's interesting to see how that uh, uh, um, plays out. And clearly working for you guys. Um, and I love that phrase that purpose is the glue that just brings it all together and brings a, a clarity mm. and a simplicity, which is brilliant. So, Zoe, tw- twenty years in marketing, twenty years in the same firm. What do you see as being? In more recent times, really, the the key changes that you as a firm, you as a head of marketing have had to latch onto to um, make marketing make 
lead generation across your firm work better? What are the key changes? Uh, I think one of the most obvious changes has been the um, the move to digital. Um, right. You know, when I started out in marketing, if you wanted to build profile, get your name out, you had to pay a lot of money to do mm. that. You had mm. to pay tens of thousands to be in, you know, headline publications. Um, it, was, it was hard to achieve things without spend, basically. Mm. And digital just completely turned that on its head. You, you mm. can build profile on next to nothing. Um, and and we've, we've massively latched onto that. I think for us, content is key. Um, and free content. So giving mm. away free content um, is, is, is paramount to what we do and takes, it's a huge chunk of uh, the team's day-to-day, I would say, is driving content, building content, creating it, and then sharing it and sharing it everywhere. Um, we've heard somebody refer to us as prolific on LinkedIn without content. Right. Um, it's, yeah, it, every piece of content that we build is shared, reshared, repurposed, we find you know, you know multiple ways of using it um, and, and getting it out there again because you know creating one piece of content, sending it out once, very likely to be missed. Um, send it multiple times to multiple groups. Um, so yeah, we've, we 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 spend a lot of time um, driving that content, which is and it's become a key change internally because asking people to contribute content ten years ago, you know, it was a massive challenge. Whereas now it's almost expected, I would say, internally. Mm. Um, we've got a lot of national sector groups and working groups. And what, what the members of those groups are asked to contribute blogs regularly. So we, have, we build a blog rotor for each mm. of the groups. Um, and then every week, a different member of the group is asked to produce it. And, it, and it's a blog, so it doesn't have to be, it's not a tome, you know, it's not pages of text. It's, yeah, have you had words, a client issue yeah, recently? Yeah. yeah. Have you had a client issue recently that um, was a bit of a challenge that took a little while to resolve, but actually could be of interest to other clients in the sector? You know, the, the chances are if one client's experiencing that problem, multiple will. Mm. <clears throat> Let's drop it in a quick blog, a few paragraphs. We'll pop it on the website. It goes on the website. We then share it across our corporate social media channels. Um, we'll then do a blog summary once we've got sort of a, a certain number of, of blogs in the part, say every sort of month or two months, a summary email will go out to all of our mailing lists, the, re- the relevant mailing lists, uh, saying these are the blogs that we've shared in across your sector over the last couple of months. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's just it's just making sure that everything gets out there multiple times and that everybody's committed to. That's the thing. If you're part of a rotor as well, you can't be the only one not contributing content. Or, and if you are, we'll let everybody know that you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hit them with a the brick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> metaphorically. Metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so, so why, why, why is content so important? Um, because how else, you know, it's, it helps to build our profile within a sector. It, um, people see us as thought leaders. You know, we, we are committed to the sector because we're producing regular content for, for, for clients and prospective clients. Um, it demonstrates our knowledge, our understanding of the issues. You know, we're not just saying we're, you know, we're great charity auditors. We're proving it because we're entrenched in the sector. We have clients in the sector. We can share their issues. Mm-hmm. We can help you with issues. And 
it's uh, it's more of a it, it's pull marketing so it's sort of um you know giving people a reason to come to you it's not forcing them it's you know they, they, oh these guys keep sending me all this regular content they really understand the sector you know my yeah. my accountants aren't doing this why, why have i not heard about this forthcoming regulatory change from my guys why am i hearing yeah, yeah, yeah. hearing it from a firm i'm not even working with who are telling me this free of charge yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, uh, that, 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 that's brilliant. So profile, uh, establish you as a thought leader, therefore credibility. Um, mm -hmm. Proof that you know what you're talking about. Proof that you can demonstrate that you can resolve issues, for example, hence mm -hmm. the blog story earlier, um, uh, giving good reason to consider and approach your firm, a, a, a really powerful reason. It's interesting. I don't know whether you've come across, um, oh, what's it called? There's there's a, um, a, a a rant they call it the Eureka Ranch I think they call it out in the states and it's a um, it's a, a, a formula assessment of marketing offers that the likes of Unilever have used and other big marketers to just sense check whether they've got a strong offer and um the and I've, I've got a business breakthrough on this which I'll, I'll put in the show notes and i'll forward on to you zoe i'm sure you'll uh, you'll 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 see the merit of what you've just said in a framework that they they consistently use and prove that three things have to show up one is uh it's got to be clear that you're communicating what's in it for the client which is yeah. you know 101 marketing so you know demonstrate that there's some something of value here for you mm -hmm. and your business um second is it's something that's dramatically different so if there's some drama but not for the sake of drama it's actually relevant to the client uh, and mm -hmm. last but not least which is you've hooked on to is a reason to believe that you can and do do this stuff uh, yeah. and then hence high quality content that delivers value to the reader as opposed to it being a sales pitch because you've not mentioned anything about you know just Yes, it's a flag waving exercise, but it's it's not. Oh, look how brilliant we are! It's uh, this is yeah. what you need to know type content. Um, mm -hmm. Love that, absolutely <clears throat> love that. Um, so we're talking about changes. So digital is massive, therefore content is massive, but it's not just once. So reuse, repurpose, <laughs> repost sounds yeah. as though they're the three things that you're uh, doing a lot of work around. Um, yeah. which fits brilliantly into that successful marketing is about relevance and timing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, if you get your timing oh, right, it's absolutely relevant. You'll, uh, you, yeah. you know, you've got to win. Uh, but the, <sighs> timing, how do you, how do you make sure you're on point with a particular client? A particular, well, you can't, so you've got to resend, resend, repurpose, yeah. reship, yeah. haven't you? Um, love that, love that. So changes. You, you understand it from being on the other end of the, 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 the situation, don't you? So I get emails daily from designers and uh, web agencies and they're not relevant and they get binned until I decide I want to update my corporate identity and then the next email that comes in from a designer I'm looking at you know so yeah, yeah, yeah 100% yeah. it's yeah. just it's, it's regularity of hence the free content reshare uh, so how do you um so you you poor marketing push marketing what what exactly are you you meaning there you know you say this is just really good pull marketing as opposed to push marketing, what, what what do you see as the difference? Uh, <clears throat> I think pull all the things you've just explained, sort of giving people a reason to come come to us, sort of making their own minds up without us force, sort of telling them they need to. It's it's them just seeing that we're the experts, we're the people they need to be speaking to, mm. uh, rather than us sort of not hard sell. Um, mm. I mean, very little of the content that goes out is 
sales focused at all. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, we produce uh, within our sector groups, we produce annual outlook publications. So uh, our automotive outlook, for example, it's um, a reflection of what's happened over the past year in the sector and what's like what we think, what our experts think is, are likely to be showing up over the forthcoming year. And, you know, we're, we're it's a bit of a risk you're sort of putting your 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 flag in the ground saying we think this is going to happen and you could be wrong but um yeah it's it's making some predictions that might be of value to the to the reader and we it's our own experts talking we invite third parties to contribute to we have panel um panel pieces where we ask the same question of our experts and other sort of sector contributors um about the sort of the forthcoming 12 months and what's likely to happen and the whole publication is about that then at the back we've got a bit about what we do within the sector and our and our um our sort of specialists and how to get in touch and that kind of thing but actually what we've done is signpost all the way through how great we are and what how we understand the sector and and that we're the people to come to without us once having to say we're the people to come to <laughs> brilliant and it's, you know your early point about uh, we demonstrate so you're telling yeah. a story, examples, and so on. So you're telling rather yeah. than selling is a big, big, big positional difference, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the fact yeah. we can, you know, we can attract these um, sector, other sector leaders to contribute to our publication is is also sort of third party authority. They believe that we're experts because they want to be involved with our our publication that we're pulling together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, absolutely stunning. So, so there's a um, there's a hidden challenge in all of this though which is um I, I, I great privilege of seeing some uh, great marketers from around the world on different stages because i was you know started out very much in that marketing space and um i can't remember his name unfortunately so i have to forgive me for that but he he once talked about um uh, marketing can be uh, defined in or encapsulated in four or five elements one is um, you've got to you've got to have a list to send your content out to. You know, mm -hmm. so you, therefore you've got to build a list. So there's the there's the list building. There's getting absolute clarity on what your offer is, and therefore the words you use. And our conversation earlier about purpose is key to that. Um, so list offer words. Um, second, third, sorry, one, two, three. Fourth is the um, drama piece. It's got to look good. It's got to be appealing to the eye as well as to the ear. Um, yeah. So well designed, and 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 last but not least, it's got to be delivered regularly, consistent. It's got to be campaigned, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, lots of marketers, Zoe, in my experience, want to go to the pretty stuff. They don't want to go to the grunt work stuff. And the grunt work is build the list, build the content, build the list, build the content. And it sounds as though you're yeah. doing, a, you know, th this conversation so far has been around content and it is hard work, sort of. But, you know, it's about just carving out time bit every week and, and, and building it out. Uh, what about building the list? How do you build the list? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's, <so> <laughs> <laughs> That's just a $64 million question in, in terms of yeah. high quality list that your firm, your service, your sector specialism or whatever is relevant to is the grunt worker marketer. It is the key. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it's, and it, it's a how? challenge. It, it always has been a challenge and I think always will be a challenge. Um, we've tended to, we, we don't buy lists. We just haven't, never have done. We always create our own list from, and it's a manual process and it's a long process um, and it takes hard work. It just does. Um, and there's an element of just having 
you know, prospects and, and knowing who's... I'm, I'm thinking from a sector perspective now, so there's a, yeah. an element of the experts knowing who they want to speak to and those yeah. people are on the list. Um, then there's another element of using sort of databases and just local research, looking at who you want, you know, who do you want to speak to in your area? It's, it, it's hard work, it is. There's, I mean, people may buy lists and may have success with that. I don't know, we, we haven't historically. We've bought the odd one or two as a test mm. and it hasn't delivered... Um, I, I don't think we've had the return on investment that we'd hoped. So we've always yeah. done it manually ourselves and used our internal teams to create those lists. Yeah, it's been, that's my experience with bought lists as well. But I, I, I speak to people where they do get some successful bought lists, but in the world of GDPR, that's got harder anyway. Um, yeah, so there's, a, exactly. there's, there's real care needed if you, if you go down that, um, what is yeah. relatively yeah. expensive and potentially um, uh, challenging because of GDPR. Um, mm. But but it's reassuring Zoe to hear you say, look, it's it's takes time, it's hard work, it's a challenge, it always has been, mm. always will be, uh, it, 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 and therefore it requires that time, effort, energy, investment in it. But no no yeah. list, no matter how good your content is, you haven't got anyone to send it to. Yeah, you can post it on social <laughs> media, which has got a real rel- you know merit. But we, you know, for us, it's um, uh, our experiences. The list building is tough. Um, yeah. Keeping a list so they don't unsubscribe is also tough. So keeping mm-hmm. the unsubscribe rate down, but you know your your approach yeah. in terms of deliver valuable content reduces your unsubscribe rate. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribe, un- get my teeth back in. Unsubscribe rate. <laughs> um, uh, so we've we've talked a bit about um, changes, challenges. Uh, digital has transformed, therefore. Uh, I just want to check in. How important do you think the firms and the, the national group's website actually is? Very. It's our it's our shop window. You know, it's it's somebody's heard about us. They say they've read a piece in the press, um, or somebody talked about us, or they bumped into somebody at an event. Where do they go for more information? It's your, it's your website every time. Yeah. Um, your LinkedIn profile and your website. Your LinkedIn pro. Somebody's LinkedIn profile, obviously comes top of the list so you've got to have that that's got to be bang on mm. um and clearly state what you want to be famous for um but yeah web- website it's, it's your it's your shop window it's it's the first thing people will look at when trying to find out yeah, more yeah, information yeah. about you so it's it's got to be bang on yeah. yeah 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 so how often are you adding updating re-engineering things on your website Adding stuff daily. Um, Adding stuff daily, you, right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're a we're top 20 firm. We've got bigger resource, and, and so I wouldn't expect everybody to be able to update sure. their website. But, 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 you, but that's daily, easy but. to tone down, isn't it? So it's like you, you, you're, week, you're, you're daily. Um, some firms could, should be doing it twice a week, someone once a week, yeah. some once a fortnight, but an absolute minimum, something's got to be updated and shifted monthly that just feels way too slow i don't care what size firm yeah. they are we're just wait it's just yeah just you know it just looks like a dead site if it's not yeah. being upgraded and updated and with content mm. or, and so on uh, so content daily in, in what other ways do you and, and what time frames do you apply to changing upgrading making it better we don't have set time frames it's not like annually re you know, go out and, and review and change. It's it's more a, sort of a, a general feel um, that you know the, the digital world is changing so quickly, mm. and a website that you built 
three years ago was probably already out of date and, and needing refreshing. And it's about <coughs> it's about keeping up with the competition as well and um, people's expectations. Uh, user experience is is high on the list of things that drive change um, and and people's expectations um, in terms of what they want from a website and the experience they want when they get there and what they're happy to, to how much time they're happy to spend on the site and how they want to access the site and navigate the site um I think, yeah people people have high needs or high expectations of sort of instant gratification these days they want to be able to find your website quickly it loads quickly they find the information they want in two maximum three clicks um and yeah, so it's it's making sure we're keeping on on top of that, um, yeah. and and looking at the Google Analytics, looking at what's happening behind the scenes, and you know the shift of people accessing on mobiles or are they accessing on their desktops because that affects where you focus your efforts. Um, you know, if, if if the majority of people are accessing your website on mobile, then it needs to be responsive. It needs to look good when people mm. are accessing it on mobile, mm. and the functionality needs to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've just gone through a redesign of our website and we've gone, right, it's mobile first, desktop second. Mobile first, yeah. Whereas the last yeah. one we did was desktop first, mobile second. It's just a complete shift. Yeah. So it's and, yeah. and it's been hard. Uh, Sally, who drives all of our website changes, is, um, um, she'll send me something and go, what do you think? And I'm, I'm working at it on my, I'm looking on my phone. I'm not checking it on the desktop. And they're going, yeah. uh, Sally, stop sending me stuff that you haven't checked. It's it works mobile first, and she's oh, and it's taken Sally a little bit to you know get over that hump, yeah. even though she knows it's just that the, the the old old habits never die, as the as the saying goes, or my saying anyway. Um, but that that's a brilliant insight, Zoe, because I think sometimes uh, people think it's get the website done, leave it for a few years, crack on, as opposed to no no yeah. no, this is the go to place everyone checks you out on. Mm. Get you know has to be right. Um, three years, it's ancient history. Um, yeah, I, I like that. So, what's um, what what do you see coming, Zoe? What change do you see coming in and around marketing over the next two stroke three years that you're going to have to be all over to make sure that you're ahead of the game? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> Something I haven't given I'm sure much you've got it all worked out. Sorry. I'm sure you've got it all worked yeah. out. <laughs> uh, what do I see coming? I think, t- to be honest, I. Not huge change, but I think an area that will continue to, to be prominent is ensuring that you um, highlight your areas of, of standout, your areas of specialism. We've always found that by being sector specialists um, and, and, and being all over that, that's where we've achieved most gain, both in terms of new business generation, but also client retention. Um, we have a number of national sector i mean all of our firms have their own sort of local sector focus but nationally Mm. um, we have a number of sector groups that we sort of champion that we have uh, a lot of specialists within the group we have real um, traction there we've got a number of clients Mm. uh, within those sectors and and people who are passionate about the sector who are all over um, you know sector changes forthcoming changes in regulation Mm. um, and that they're dedicated to sharing that with our clients and our prospects Mm. Um, and, and that's where we've we've had the most success and I think we'll continue to have the most success going forwards. Right, it's, it's a good response. It's not what's changing, it's what's actually, you know, really working. And it's that yeah. passion, the focus and the consistency in a particular space. Yeah. You can define whether that's sector specific or otherwise, but a specific space. Um, but that connects brilliantly, doesn't it, with your, well, in which case generate the content 
in which case get it make sure your website's re- reflecting that content brilliantly getting yeah. it into the social media channels getting it down to your list using it as mm-hmm. a trigger to build your list all of those mm-hmm. things um and you know even if there's a, a small firm listening to this without a marketing resource um it, that that's harder for them uh, in one sense because they don't have the resource that you and your team deliver to um uhy um and yet it's a time allocation piece isn't it and i know you, you almost certainly run ragged i know um because there's so many moving parts across the whole of the firm um the same can be applied to a small firm who knows they need to do more marketing need to get better at marketing and so my last mm-hmm. question well second to last question is if you have to narrow your focus where where, where do you go what's your go-to to narrow focus you know what you're spinning so many plates but if there's one thing that absolutely has to happen every week without fail what would it be from a marketing point of view to ensure that marketing successful across uhy uh, across you, you so rather than for sort of smaller firms who are struggling yeah, to... yeah um, at the end of the day so you, you you're the strongest commentator on your firm and we'll try and unpack how it might play out for a smaller firm i'm really interested in what your go-to absolutely must happen every week across the firm thing it's, it's it's and the, and it's a reflection of the biggest challenge it's making time um everybody has to make time for marketing because uh, everyone's too busy we're all too busy we just yeah. are like it's and increasingly so and uh, particularly over sort of the last 12 24 months everybody's at the end of their tether resource is tight you know it's a battle for talent the whole time um yeah. so everybody's pushed uh, and marketing's the easiest thing to to not do um, so it's about finding that time, schedule that time. You have to have it in, whether it's daily, weekly, block a morning, block a couple of hours. And, uh, you know, and if it's if it's just your own personal marketing, if it's about connecting with your everybody needs a target list, everybody's a list of people they want to be working with. Hmm. Um, and you need to make time every week to connect with that target list, uh, or whether list, it's presumably. seeing. Or build a list, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even a big list. Have, yeah. have five people you want to work with. Mm. Five people you want to work with and they're your hot, your hot prospects. Mm. And find time every week to, to send something, like an article you've read that you think might be of interest. Saw this and thought of you. Pop it in an email. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, or, or forward a piece of content you've, that you have created or make sure you're sending them your budget announcement or whatever it is. Mm. But yeah, but, but it's making time. That's the... That's the be all and end all. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I perhaps want to change the the language. So we we can't make time as twenty four hours in a day. It just is what it is. Isn't it? But actually, I think what you're saying is you've got to build, commit to time in your work schedule where you do something every week to either build or nurture your list. Yeah, is what I've just well, heard. Even if it's you know you, I mean whether or not you're commuting these days, but sitting on a train, mm-hmm. look at LinkedIn. Share some content on LinkedIn. Make a comment. Comment on something that's been posted. Yeah. Uh, connect with people. Like you, you, there's, there, there are slots of time in the day that are sort of idle time that don't need to be idle time. That you you can find that time if you need it. Mm. If it's important enough. Yeah. Isn't it? It's if it's important exactly. enough. And and actually, um, you know, clients. Uh, every firm, every year, have clients who either sell a business just stop their business or join another firm. That, that's happening all the time. So therefore, lead generation of new clients is part of the life and vibrancy of an accountancy firm. 
And so marketing, and it's like, well, do you wait till you've got a problem to start marketing or do you keep marketing every week in a little way? And I think what you, you know, the, the, where this conversation's got to is it's a little bit of time every week to either create content or build a nurture your list or get stuff out, get your content out to that list. So there's those three yeah. aspects is deliver it, create it, build a list or nurture list is a brilliant yeah. way to uh, conclude the content of this uh, brilliant conversation. So I'm, but I'm curious now as to of everything we've covered off today, what, what's what's the standout for you? What, what is it you're going to reflect on as a consequence of our conversation today that um, you think, oh, maybe I need to invest a little bit more time there or get better at that? I'm just wondering if there's anything we've covered off that stands out for you as being, oh, yes, I need to just bring that up my priority list a little bit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> everything probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. it Just do everything. No, to be honest, I think reflecting on my own advice about uh, making time, um, it's so easy, even from my perspective. And you know, I'm I'm, my team. It's a fairly small team for the size of um, firm that we are, and so we're firefighting a lot of the time. You know, it's it's easy to get stuck, just responding, dealing with the here and now, and, and. much harder to find time to be strategic and, and yeah. step back and look at what we should be doing and, and and look to the future and look at the opportunities and and where should we be going rather than just keep churning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that will be my takeaway. Brilliant. Take my own advice and well, make time. You know, uh, well, <laughs> I would argue it's carve a piece out every week, which is yes, not not just the firefighting, isn't it? It's just yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we have a big thing across uh, all the firms you work with is blocks of time for blocks of work. Yeah, there's there's blocks yeah. of time for firefighting. There's a, a, a bit of time every week without fail that's allocated to build your list, build your content, um, mm-hmm. and get the, get it delivered. Um, mm-hmm. And if you can throw strategy into that around our conversation earlier about purpose, then and, and what can, what more yeah. can you do in and around that? If there's just a little bit of extra time each week in that, and slightly less on the firefighting, then you're going to um, stand your firm in good stead, aren't you? Yeah. Marvelous, remarkable. In fact, Zoe, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed it as much I as I have. Possibly oh, I have. not. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the way I talk, and then you do a really neat summary of what I've just said. It's fantastic. Well, well hopefully the, the the listeners also got something of, uh, of real value out of this. I certainly have. I really appreciate you taking time out to uh, invest in our Humanise the Numbers podcast. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Workpapers, Advanced Track, Satago, and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online Click the logo of each sponsor and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services. You're about to hear a short excerpt from the podcast interview discussion I had with Scott Heath, Managing Director Leader of DGH Mitten Clark. If you like what you hear, and I'm sure you will, please feel free to go to the full podcast at 
humanisethenumbers.online or your favourite podcast platform. One of my sayings is if, you, if we're not growing, we're going backwards. So you can't just say, well, we're going to stay still. The status quo is okay because gradually you're slowly going backwards. For two reasons, that is, is um, if, you want to main, if you want to maintain talent and you want to maintain your team, you have no choice but to grow. So in our business, we, we class ourselves as a people business. We, we don't talk about being an accountancy business. We talk about being a people first approach. The accountancy market is absolutely huge. And our business is just a very, very small part of that. So competition or market share, we're, we're playing at it. We've only got a very, very small share of it. How, how you need to approach or win that is you need great people. Without the people, you've just got no chance of doing it. Um, so if you're not... If you're not growing, you're going backwards. You have to recruit ahead of revenue. So you've got to be brave. You can't think to yourself, I'm going to go and win all this work and then I'm going to bring in the people to do it. You've got to bring the people in first because you'll never free up the time to go and win that work whilst you're doing the day job.